sí, le he pasado información a todos mis amigos. Yes, I've passed on information to all of my friends. And when I receive information from Cápsula Migrante, I am sure that it is information that can be verified and that comes from a very good source. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of The Inoculation. Today we're going to look at how a tiny immigrant news service tackles Spanish language misinformation in Peru. Just to tell you one thing right away, it's very successful. My name is Eva van Schaper. And I'm Daiva Repechkaite. Today we're talking to Hector Villaleon, who runs a Spanish language immigrant news service in Peru called Capsula Migrante. Who was this person we just heard? This was Yamila. She's a Venezuelan immigrant in Peru. So this is the first time we are reaching out beyond Europe, I guess, in our podcast. Uh, why did you want to talk about Peru? Actually, it was a bit by chance. I was reading a story about how disinformation and misinformation spread on WhatsApp and how a lot of it is in non-English languages and especially Spanish language. And then I reached out to my friend Hector, who lives in Peru. He's a Venezuelan immigrant in Peru, and he runs a news service for immigrants in Peru. And I reached out to him and I said, you know, Hector, is, is disinformation a problem for you? How do you deal with that? And he told me, he said, well, you know what? We're actually quite successful in combating misinformation in our WhatsApp group. So I just wanted to reach out to him and ask him how he managed to do that, because this is something that we say is so difficult. This is something, you know, disinformation in Spanish is something that people have difficulty controlling. So I just wanted to know how does somebody who runs a very, very small immigrant news service uh, manage to do that? That's really impressive. Remember, we heard about misinformation in Spanish, even from uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah, she said, you know, she was quite clear. She sent a couple of tweets uh, saying Spanish language misinformation campaigns are absolutely exploding on social media platforms like Facebook, WhatsApp. And she added, it's putting U.S. English misinfo campaigns to shame. Yeah, I guess every language that's not English is more difficult to police. And maybe not policing is not even the point. So what is it that Hector and his colleague do so successfully? Well, first, let's just take a listen to what his news service is called. It's called Capsula Migrante. Hi, everyone. My name is Hector Villaleón. I'm a journalist and uh, I'm, I am the co-founder of Capsula Migrante, uh, a journalistic project from uh, immigrant communities in Latin America, specifically in Peru. Uh, Capsula means uh, a pill. When you take a pill or, or medicine in, in a pill form, uh, we produce a, a very short brief of news. So it's, we imagine that like pills. <laughs> I'm from Venezuela, but I've been living in, in Lima specifically since, since 2017, yeah. It is an interesting city because it is a desert and it is near to the Pacific Ocean and it, is near, it has a very beautiful beach. Personally, uh, the main reasons that motivate me to leave my country, which is Venezuela, uh, where they need to look for new opportunity, uh, professional opportunities and to find a safe place to live. 
Wait, but let's take a step back. So why are there so many Venezuelan immigrants in Peru? Well, there's a lot of people leaving Venezuela. So there's a huge amount of people, which I'm not sure everybody knows in Europe. This is uh, the second largest displacement crisis in the world right now, according to the Red Cross. They estimate that over 5 million people have left Venezuela in the past few years. So Venezuela is a country of uh, 28 million inhabitants and 5 million people have left. That means if we look at Germany with 80 million people, uh, we'd be looking at 15 million people leaving or the United States, 50 million people leaving the United States. So it's a huge, huge number. A million of those have ended up in Peru. That's a huge number indeed. But is it that difficult for him, given that both countries have Spanish as their official language? Well, he said basically, and he explains this, it was not about the language, it was about the news about immigrants was missing. So let's listen in to what he told me. I discovered myself, uh, uh, myself uh, as an immigrant too because my parents were immigrants. They from Colombia and spent more than 30 years in Venezuela. And now I am going through the same experience. I have to give you a little contextualization of how about Peruvian media uh, generally treats the topic of immigration because well, it is as, as it's happened almost everywhere. The media in Peru use the immigration in a stigmatizing and negative way. Uh, for example, before the pandemic, we saw headlines and, and, and papers about Venezuelan criminals using derogatory words. So March 15, here in Peru, uh, quarantine was decreed. And in the last week of that month, uh, the first Venezuelan patient, uh, COVID patient, died in the country. So with my partner, uh, Pierina, we were doing a report on this, and uh, the lack of information was Unbelievable. Uh, in fact, we did a, a simple Google Trend search exercise and technically Venezuelan had disappeared and become invisible to them. So uh, uh, that's when we realized that Venezuelan community, our community, it wasn't attended in many aspects. But we as journalists, we made our goal to address it, uh, the informative one. So okay. we started to, <coughs> the, our job uh, started basically curate resources, uh, bring important information for our community. Uh, we started on Twitter at first, and uh, and since the project has been growing, well, you know, we have uh, two WhatsApp groups, and that's how we have been building a very nice community. We almost have 500 uh, people with whom we interact every week. And in addition, <laughs> this is kind of very new. Uh, we also make content for YouTube, uh, where we have an informative channel uh, with more than 2,000 subscribers right now. Wow. So how does this community get its news? So he has a WhatsApp group, and there are about, I think he said, five, 500 members, and that's their main source of news. These are people who often in uh, Peru... They don't work at desks. You know, these are people who are doing unskilled labor and their phone is the main way for them to get news. Which apps do they use for that? Hector uses WhatsApp and that's not very surprising because WhatsApp is extremely popular in South America. I don't know what the number is for Peru, but for all of South America, I think it's between 80 and 90% of the population uses WhatsApp to message. This is a far higher number than we see in the United States. 
And uh, the interesting thing is that Spanish language communities in the United States are far more frequent users of WhatsApp. And it's so easy to forward messages and you, you don't even know where things are coming from. So is this where they encounter misinformation and disinformation? This is one space where they encounter a lot of disinformation, a lot of misinformation, and a lot of it seeps in through Facebook groups and through other social media. Right. Did I understand this correctly, that uh, your friend Hector saw that there's a problem? And can you tell me more about how he decided to tackle it? Hector saw that there was negative information about Venezuelan immigrants. So this is how he and his partner decided to proactively combat misinformation on his service. Let's listen to what he told me. Right to the pandemic, uh, Peru had one of the most stable economies in South America, and also the level of informal employment has always been very high. More than seven, 70% of Peruvians are cut off in any type of informal employment, uh, while for Venezuelan immigrants, the percentage is around 9%. Most of Venezuela that have migrated to Peru, for example, have some kind of uh, high education, uh, quali qualification, even postgraduate degrees. Uh, you can see Venezuelans that used to work, for example, as a doctor, lawyers, teachers in our countries, uh, they are now working as, as, as street vendors, janitors, etc. Because as an immigrant, we understand the lack of information for the media in Peru. Even if they are highly educated, maybe they don't know how to make some process of immigration. And within these, uh, these WhatsApp groups are some kind of uh, little community. Uh, I don't know how to say that, but because we maintain our groups closed uh, to don't be a spam for for the people who are into this group. So uh, once a week, we open the chat and we ask them uh, how them and how are they doing. Uh, it is always mentioned, and, it, and this is true, right? Uh, mentioned that WhatsApp is the main channel of disinformation or misinformation, and uh, we are trying to fight it with uh, the content and the activities uh, we do. At least we are doing the best that we can. But it, uh, the misinformation in this case uh, comes in, in many different forms uh, for malicious image, uh, news or videos uh, from unverified uh, web pages, among others. So uh, we have uh, this process, my partners, Pirina uh, and I. Uh, we read the news and we monitor the, net the networks to know what is being said about the Venezuelan community. Uh, if there are any misinformation, uh, just to give you an example, uh, that immigrants are all criminals. Uh, we research and search and read reports about this situation and combat with uh, data. Uh, if we have a specialist who speak up uh, on the subject, uh, we invite him or her to talk in our groups or in a streaming uh, on YouTube. Uh, for the last month, uh, uh, the last months, we have had to verify news ranging from the tropics such as the Invermectin uh, to combat the virus uh, or that the, uh, with the vaccine chips are injected <laughs> in this process. Uh, so once we have verified some of this misinformation or disinformation, 
we share our findings uh, with with our community, and normally they don't bring in uh, bringing up again this this uh, misinformation. Even if some new people enter into this group and talk about the same thing, uh, a beautiful thing that happens is that our community plays the role of fact checkers or verifiers and expose what we have shared with them. But so, how do people find them, and how does Hector and his partner gain their trust? Well, I think one thing he told me is he does two things, and I think it's really interesting. So let's listen to the first thing he does. I know that our people, uh, our community in WhatsApp, uh, they don't bring this misinformation with a mean intention. Bring bring this information to us because they want to know uh, if this is true or not. And because we have been able to uh, verified and, and we talk to them that if they have some doubts about every topic, not just uh, immigration, about the vaccine process or the political issues in, in Peru. Uh, so they bring this uh, to us and we have this, uh, the, this process of verification. When we have uh, our WhatsApp uh, groups open, they share this information. Hey, uh, I love this. In, uh, <clears throat> uh, I read this uh, uh, this chain from WhatsApp for from another WhatsApp group and share with us. Or uh, uh, when our group is closed, uh, they share this in in a private message. Mm, and sometimes uh, our community share. So he's actively seeking out misinformation, right? We try to identify a very important misinformation that is spread uh, in other social media. So we try to understand why he's saying uh, the things that this news says. The other thing that we do is that, uh, for example, we find some specialists. We have activities in our WhatsApp group uh, that we call uh, for a chat. Uh, we invite some specialists uh, in health uh, uh, service or in immigration issues. We have a, a, a doctor the last month and he was talking about the vaccination process and, and how the COVID, how we can combat COVID. And I think that's really fascinating because this is something that recent research by Sander van der Linden has shown. This is actually a technique called pre-bunking, and pre-bunking has been shown to be extremely effective at combating misinformation. How do they get the people to believe them and their guests? I asked Hector the same thing, and he was kind enough to ask two of the members of his WhatsApp group, um, Ruben and Jamile. So let's just take a listen to them. Here's Ruben. Mi nombre es Ruben Suárez. Tengo 50 años de edad. Aquí en Perú. Soy taxista, aunque soy licenciado en turismo de hotelería. Mira, calculo yo que unos 8 meses que me uní al grupo. Good afternoon. Responding to the questions, my name is Ruben Suárez. I'm 50 years old. Here in Peru, I'm a taxi driver although I have a degree in tourism. In my calculation, I joined the group Capsula Migrante about eight months ago. I had a lot of doubts about getting my immigration card, and I was guided by the hand step by step. The members of the group who already had their immigration card knew what I had to do. They do their, what is it called? They do their research. And later, once you have the information clear and concise and accurate, they launch these topics in their networks. 
lanzan ciertos tópicos por aquí por las por las redes. Here's Jamilia. Mi nombre es Yamile Cerrada. Eh, tengo 54 años. Soy de Venezuela. Y me is Jamile Cerrada. I am 54 years old. I'm from Venezuela. I am a communication professional, but I'm also a naturopathic doctor, nutrition and dietary specialist, and I work in a natural store at the moment. With the group Capsula Migrante, I practically since they started out, May of 2020, I joined and to be honest, it has been very useful for me because I received very valuable information on vaccinations, on the quantity of information available on that, and they invited professionals explaining why it is important that we get vaccinated. La cantidad de desinformación que había y los profesionales invitados para explicar las razones por qué es importante vacunarnos. There's a huge trust issue when it comes to the way misinformation is received. So how do they tackle that? Well, I think trust is very important. And I think Hector told me about a bit of the feeling of community in his WhatsApp group. And so that was really interesting. And I think also it reminded me of an interview that we had earlier this year with Maya Goldenberg. Do you remember that interview? Yes, very well. She said many interesting things. So what in particular stood out for you? She was saying that her research showed that often the lack of vaccination or the unwillingness to get vaccinated is not based in, you know, a, a lack of knowledge, but it's based in a lack of trust of the community. So she said there's a whole research a whole area of philosophical research called social epistemology and it looks at how our relationships to each other and to institutions generates knowledge so as she said and i'm just looking at the transcript of this interview it's not that everybody reads books and then we decide for ourselves it's you know we're tied up into networks of people and institutions and how that shapes what we know And I think that Hector's work and Hector's work of building trust and debunking misinformation in his WhatsApp group is such a great example of that. So what would you say is their main achievement? Well, I think one is that they've really built a safe space for people of the community. People know that they can trust him. They know that they can trust the information that they find in the WhatsApp group. You know, it's really always hard to measure. I, I said, you know, I asked Hector, is there any way to measure how successful you are? He named two things. So let's just listen to that. The thing that we see that is very important that we can say, oh, the, 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 the whole process is complete is when we see the community, the, the same community share the verified information with, with other, not just in our groups, Uh, when someone new came into this group and uh, if they ask them about uh, some misinformation because they don't know or, or whatever and and our same this this same community uh, as i say played the role of the fact checker and and he talk about 
Uh, but when we start to make some activities into our WhatsApp group, uh, more people came and that was very, very interesting. And the interesting thing is that the people stay in the group. Usually they came, uh, participate in this activity and then left the, the group. But we have almost, as I say, 500 people who stay even if we make activities or not, or uh, maybe if we open the chat or not. And maybe if we send information or not. So as you say, I think this uh, community, our community in this group, uh, uh, see myself and my partner as uh, uh, a reliable people, uh, a trusting people. So that's very important for us. That was really interesting. I feel we learned so much. Yeah, I think so too. And to be honest, I really didn't know much about what's happening in South America. And I'm really, really happy that Hector took the time to talk to us. So that reminds us that since we're getting listeners from all over the world, if you know a great story about vaccine-related misinformation or disinformation, if you know a great story of people doing something about it, send us a message. And as always, I wanted to remind all our listeners that Everything we talked about and everything that's based on a study is going to be linked in the show notes. So please take a look if you want to know more. And we'll also add a transcript of the show to our website, www.theinoculation.com, if you want to read the transcript. Our reporting is supported by IG4EU and Alfred Topfer Stiftung. Please subscribe to our newsletter. The link is in the show notes. You can follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can listen to our podcast wherever you like to listen to podcasts. That's all from us. Bye for now. Bye.